Welcome back to another episode of the Into the Night Minute. Each week, Movies by Minute hosts examine the 1985 John Landis-directed comedy, Into the Night, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm Chris Ramirez, uh, co-host of Minute Impossible, another Movies by Minute, uh, where we break down the Mission Impossible franchise uh, one minute at a time. Uh, we are currently on Mission Impossible 2, so go check us out at MinuteImpossible.com. We start tw- minute 20 um, at the uh, toll booth yet again. And here we have uh, our first signs uh, of Jeff Goldblum as we know him now today. Uh, not that he hasn't been this in other films before this, but in this film, at least, we see the, the first uh, signs of Jeff Goldblum life, if you will, uh, where he starts reacting or starts talking to the, the officer there and explaining to the officer uh, what happened and that, 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 that Diana was attacked and... And all this time, you know, you're seeing him, you know, this big, big face and this thing that doing the Jeff Goldblumisms that he does and, and, and speaking the staccato language that he's that we're used to hearing him speak as, as Jeff Goldblum, an actor. But here, this is the first signs that Ed is 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 really <laughs> coming alive, if you will. And at the same time, you see that you see uh, Diane on the other end of the car, basically telling him to forget about it, telling the officer to forget about it, it's no big deal. They just chased her and she's deflecting, obviously, because she doesn't want to get the police involved because she knows that it's not going to matter. And it's just going to going to make it harder on her to survive the night. Ed is is confused and not understanding it. And she's just like, I just want to go home. Just take me home. Just open the open the gate and let, let, let's get through. Uh, you know, the, the toll takers ask for a ticket. The officer tells them that that she's not on duty. But if they want that, she can get a cop, an officer to, to file a report. Of course, Diane says no. Diana, sorry. Diana, of course, Diana says no. Diana pays the bill and, and heads off with, with Ed into the night again. Now, that's basically our minute is in a hole right there. Not a lot going on in this minute again. But there is a lot, like I said, with, when it comes to the Goldblum performance and the, the Pfeiffer performance, these moments are when we start to see the interactions between the two actors, the chemistry that they're starting to build slowly, not, you know, the chemistry that we're going to see later in the film, but, but you see them interacting with each other very naturally, very quick paced. And and you hear them talking over each other and you hear them, you know, back and forth with one another as they're speaking with the officer and as they're trying to communicate the situation. And that's, it's very well edited scene yet again, but at the same time, it's also very well acted uh, and shot, you know, the, the camera placements and the performances by the two actors really helped to build the sequence, this this minute to the point where, where it ends. Now, I think that as the movie goes on, you're going to see that their chemistry builds slowly over the course of the film and, and you begin to believe their connection to one another. But to me, this is really the start of that connection when they're in this karma in this moment. And then as they as they go on into the next into next week's minutes, you'll see more of, of them connecting. But this is the beginning of that. I want to go back. I didn't get to talk about it earlier because uh, I was rambling on about other things. But I do want to talk a little bit about the music in this film. Uh, I know some of the other hosts have probably talked about it, but I wanted to, to speak about how I what, what I gathered from the music as far as this was concerned. It's Ira Newborn's uh, score that that we're listening to most of the movie, but it is it is built around 
B.B. King track, basically. Uh, as Landis said, you know, B.B. King came in to watch a, a rough cut of the movie and he watched it one or two times. Then it came back a third time with his guitar, Lucille. And they, they watched the film. And as they were watching it, B.B. would start playing tunes and start basically creating the, the guitar track that we hear in, in the score. They recorded it and uh, they gave that to Ira Newborn. And Ira Newborn then uh, built his score around that that guitar track that bb king had laid down now when this came out it was 1985 of course and it was the era of mtv and i remember one of the first things that i saw uh for this film outside before maybe around the same time i saw the trailer was the music video that uh bb king had done for for one of the films that john landis had directed um outside of this film john landis had also directed a uh 27, 28-minute short film called B.B. King Into the Night, which is like a, a performance video. But interspersed throughout the performance video are some of the actors from the film and other actors as well. And I remember seeing that as a promotional thing. It wasn't the whole film, but it was part of the video. It was a part of the video where we had Jeff Goldblum playing key, uh, the, the piano as B.B. King was performing. And Dan Aykroyd, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Steve Martin playing horns as part of the video. And on drums, he had Eddie Murphy. Now, you know, these were some of the biggest comic people at the time. Eddie Murphy, Steve Martin, Dan Aykroyd, uh, who, Dan Aykroyd, who also appears in this film. Having Jeff Goldblum and Michelle Pfeiffer in the video made sense. Even Dan Aykroyd to some degree. But having Steve Martin... And Eddie Murphy appear was one of those things to me as a kid that was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. They're in this video. And recently just watched that that whole uh, short film. And, and that's part of that that short film, this video. And I just thought it was great that that was it was such a random thing that they did to promote the film. And Eddie Murphy, of course, had worked with uh, John Landis prior to this film on uh, Trading Places and then would work with him again on uh, Coming to America and Beverly Hills Cop 3. And Steve Martin would work with Landis uh, the next year in The Three Amigos. But, you know, to have this this music video on MTV for this film called Into the Night by B.B. King, who, you know, was, was a big rhythm and blues guy, but he wasn't one of those people who was like, you know, you'd expect to see on MTV all the time, especially in the mid 80s, you know, but it was really my first introduction to B.B. King was this film and the uh, this video uh, and especially his, his music for this video, the three songs that he wrote for it. And, and I always thought it was a great thing that he, his guitar was named Lucille. And I had no idea about any of this, of course, until this movie came along. So I always I always think of this movie in conjunction with that short film and with uh, with BB King and Lucille. Of course, BB King would come up, come along and play and uh, would appear in uh, Landis's Blues Brothers 2000. If you remember that, why you would I don't know, but you know it's one of those films. It's got great musical performances in it, even if it's not the original Blues Brothers, which it certainly is not. But BB King is always fun, and I've always always enjoyed his music uh, since this, and and especially his persona and his guitar, Lucille. But yeah, that was just an aside. If you want to see that film, it is on that Shout Factory Blu-ray of of Into the Night. I would definitely check it out. It, it is worth seeing as, as a companion piece to this film just for the music aspects of it alone. The other thing I wanted to mention was that this movie has a real sense of loneliness at the way that, that it's shot. Uh, we, we, we're brought into Ed's loneliness in particular, I think, by these long takes and these long shots of Ed's car 
driving around, you know, at the beginning of this week's minutes, we saw Ed's car leaving his his neighborhood and it was just the neighborhood quiet and Ed's car by itself and Ed driving off into the night. And it really produced a sense of loneliness and Ed driving down the L.A. streets by himself until the cops find him. Ed driving up to LAX and driving through LAX, those great shots that we see with the airplanes in the background as he's, uh, you know, in the runways and, and in their, their uh, parked positions as he drives up to the parking garage. Even in the parking garage, when he first drives up, he's quiet. There's no people, there, isn't, there, there are cars, but the, the entire area is quiet. And Ed just pulls into the parking spot and just sits there by himself, quiet. He's just lonely. And this minute ends with this great, fantastic shot of LAX's tunnels as they're, you know, they're there and a plane is going over, is being towed overhead on this, the tarmac above the tunnels. And the minute ends with Ed and Diana driving into those tunnels and the lonely streets that the only car out there besides these planes and the city that's moving on around them. I always find it interesting that this movie has that that sense of loneliness that that is built in because of the way that the script is written, the way that Landis chose to shoot it, the shot choices that he and, and, and Robert Painter chose, the editing shots that, 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 that they chose as a whole. Even even down to the car that, that they gave Ed, it's just this little box of a car. And, and as the movie progresses, you'll see that the cars either get flashier or things get flashier as they go. And more people start to show up as as his sense of loneliness starts to to disappear. And his, his sense of tired and his feeling of insomnia starts to be replaced by the sense of excitement and the sense of energy and connection to this mysterious woman who's, who's come into his life. And, and I always found that... Fun, And I find that not just fun, but that's one of my favorite things about this film is that, that you really get a sense for the characters and you get a sense of not just Ed's loneliness and his, his insomnia and his sadness, but also for Diana's sadness and Diana's uh, place in the world and, and her longing to get what she feels is hers and what is, is right and taking care of the people that she wants to take that that she's promised to take care of as you'll see later in the, in the late in the later minutes and also her relationships with other people and her friends and family and this movie sets it up really well in the first 20 minutes so they they, they set up this world of these two people and, and even though it's only been about five minutes that we've known four or five minutes that we've known diana we really don't know her yet we're going to get to know her probably next week and the week after a little bit better but they really set up the sense of ed's world and the deconstruction of it as this force of nature that is diana comes into it and the force of nature that is is the fate that brought them together, if you will. I think I think that 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 the best thing that happened for both of the characters is for them to meet. I, I know it's, it may sound stupid or it may sound you know convoluted, but to me, I, I think the movie was made works best because of those characters' chemistries and the sense of their characters that they bring to the film and the the believability factor of Diana's desperation. And, and savvy and fear uh, mixed with Ed's lonely isolation, loneliness, isolationism, and sadness, plus his insomnia at his at, at the, what his life's become. It's not the life that he wanted. And it's not the life that he expected. It all kind of falls apart for him over the course of less than 24 hours. And, you know, I think we've all been there at some point in our lives. And if we haven't, you will be eventually. Uh, it's just the way life works. We have these mo- these moments of ups and downs and these, these moments of happiness and sadness and nights where we can't sleep and <sighs> nights where, where we feel like we're the, you know, nothing is what we wanted it to be. But 
you know, we all can't have that that magical moment of uh, of being thrust into the night and then into into uh, a fantastic thriller adventure like this film is or you know the dark comedy that this film is but i think that it relates to a lot of our feelings of like that uh that talking head song it makes me think of it you know this is this isn't you know this is my beautiful house or my beautiful wife that sort of thing uh, i i it makes me think of that at the same time i think my brother when he was little used to think that that song was from this movie just because of the the sense of the feeling that the character feels is similar to the to what that song puts out there me being the the movie nerd that I was I was like no that song's not from this film but uh, I get his point now that it, it feels like it's from this film you know once in a lifetime it, it does feel like it belongs uh, talking heads once in a lifetime does feel like it's a part of this this film in a weird way but uh, as like I said as we end this minute uh, that sense of loneliness is there as as Ed and uh, Diana drive off into the night again through the tunnels of LAX as this uh, single western airplane uh, is taxied over the tarmac above the tunnels and and they drive off and and that's the end of our minute this week and that's that's the end of my time this week here at uh into the night minute it's been great talking to you guys this week and and uh sharing my side of things when it comes to uh into the night uh i hope you guys keep listening i uh, hope i didn't bore you guys too much but i had fun it's one of those movies that sticks with you over time and you keep coming back to it and finding you little new little fun different things about it and uh it's one of those films i watch at least once maybe twice a year just because i really enjoy it since it's my last day and it's friday i thought i should mention that there are over a hundred other movies by minute podcasts available at moviesbyminute.com you should check out the site for more great shows before I go, I'd like to let you know that you can find the Into the Night podcast on iTunes and Google Play or at the main site, nightminute.com. You can also find us on social media at The King Lives Listener's Limo on Facebook and on Twitter at Night Minute. You can find me, Chris Ramirez, and my co-host, Jonathan Howell, at minuteimpossible.com. Or you can also find our podcast on iTunes and Google Play or anywhere you find your podcasts from. You can, you can join us on social media at the Impossible Minute Force on Facebook or at Min Impossible on Twitter and Minute Impossible on Instagram. I've been Chris Ramirez. Thank you for, for joining me this week and I hope you guys have a good weekend. Do we thank you or what? I'd say I fall in the or what category.